0: what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the visitors bullpen I'm Matt wireek alongside Kevin Haswell Kevin how you doing today I'm
1: doing pretty well you know uh, we got some topics to go over today free agency uh, about to get into full swing with winter meetings and such so really diving into these numbers seeing how much these players can make maybe their their best destinations um, it's gonna be fun I'm excited to go through them
0: yeah we got a lot to get to today before we do do that we wanted to say that this is going to be our last time on the podcast we're going to be handing it off um, to a couple new hosts that will be getting started either next week or the week after Um, so Eli Jennings a staff writer uh, for the newspaper we work for uh, the breeze at James Madison University in Virginia Uh, he'll be taking over as one of the hosts and then Matthew Gibbons from 12 Up Sports, who is going to be an editor for Pure Sports Network on the MLB site. Um, he has over four million views with 12 Up, so we're excited to have both of them taking over. Um, and yeah, uh, Pure Sports is, is moving forward. We're looking at forward to that January 1st launch date. Um, going to be having some new faces or I guess voices since this is a podcast on here. Don't worry, we are working on getting a Pure Sports podcast. Uh, that Kevin and I will be hosting that covers all sports, so we won't be gone for too long. Don't you all worry, but for now, this will be our last one on Visitor's Bullpen. It's been a fun ride. Uh, it was our initial project back in May that we just kind of decided to do on a whim, and it's developing into an entire website, so I think it's been a real fun ride.
1: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, I, I enjoy Thursdays at uh, noon, about noon. We do every episode, so uh, exciting, but... At the same time, you know we got to build Pure Sports up a little bit. Me and Matt looked at the opportunity to make a, a bigger podcast with Pure Sports Network, and we know people lo- enjoyed Visitors' Bullpen, but it'll still be here, just different different voices. Um, and if you miss us, you can go check out our next our next venture, which will be Pure Sports the website, and you know the the podcast that will be called Pure Sports Podcast, which will cover um, all the sports. So uh, you know it's been a great ride, but
0: I'm excited to move on. Yeah, and now you'll finally get to hear uh, Kevin's insane 76ers takes.
1: Hey, man, Joel Embiid 46 <laughs> points last night uh, on against, against the, the Lakers. Lakers. Against right, the Lakers. All right, this is a baseball podcast. Also, before we move on, I know we're talking about a lot about pure sports early in this episode, but we do have two other new podcasts. Uh, Goal to Go has is not new, but um, I used to be a, a host of the show. We handed it off to Blake Pace, who will be our NFL editor um and Connor mccarthy is the nfl staff writer they will both they've done a great job with the podcast you check it out that's goal cool to go and then do you want to talk about thomas robertson yeah thomas
0: robertson is our nhl editor he is the host of outside the glass our new hockey podcast just had his first one last week his next episode will be tomorrow afternoon uh, so you definitely want to subscribe to that if you're a hockey head he did a great job with that first one. And while he doesn't have a co-host just yet, he's doing just fine uh, talking to himself for 45 minutes. So if you want to hop on, I uh, definitely recommend it. Also,
1: look at, look at the NHL page on Twitter. Uh, some great stuff. He, he really encapsulates each NHL game with final scores, uh, some stats. Go check that out. Give them a follow. Give Pure Sports Network, all of the, the sections and the main Twitter page, a follow. Um, We're also on Facebook too, so check us out, Uh, let's talk some baseball. Yeah, we got
0: a ton of stuff going on, Uh, hot stove just starting to heat up, biggest storylines of the winter are going to be revolving around Otani, around uh, Giancarlo Stanton, J.D. Martinez, Hugh Darvish, a bunch of big name free agents. We weren't really expecting this to be a huge free agent class, but it's looking like the trade market's going to develop into something. Apparently, the Red Sox are shopping Jackie, Bra- Jackie Bradley Jr. right now, which is another big name. Yeah, the Giants uh, are
1: interested in him.
0: Exactly. So um, there's there's going to be a lot of movement this offseason. We saw with the NBA over last offseason where almost every team had a franchise player switch spots. So you know, with the big free agent class coming up next year, this could be a big offseason of trades for teams preparing to either clear payroll or you know make a run before their big free agent leaves. So we could be in in store for a lot of trades. Now, one of the the big topics right now is J.D. Martinez, and that's what I wanted to dive into first. He is apparently, obviously, wrecked by Scott Boris. Uh, He's searching a seven-year, $210 million deal uh, in free agency, which is kind of crazy, uh that's the same amount that Max Scherzer signed for with the Nats um when he hit free agency. So while JD Martinez may not be the Max Scherzer of offense, they he's a little bit younger than Scherzer was at the time and you know he he is one of the better hitters in baseball. I mean, he, you anyone who watched him over the last stretch of this year could have seen that, especially with the home run Terry had, 29 homers, in 62 game for the Arizona Diamondbacks after getting traded. He's not going to have that draft pick attached to him, so he's free to basically negotiate any kind of contract he can. And, Kevin, do you think he's going to be able to get that kind of money?
1: I think there's always a team out there willing to pay that price. Um, it depends. You know, at the end of the day, he also gets to decide where he wants to go. So, you know, there might be a team that offers him 210 million, which is obviously what he wants. Um, but he might not want to go to that team. But at the end of the day, it looks like he's hit Boris always looking for the the most money for his players. Um, and I wouldn't be see, surprised to see this kind of develop over the offseason. Um, not I don't think it's a deal that's going to happen early. I think it's going to happen later on. I think Boris is going to wait for the right time. I, I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if I, if JD Martinez wasn't signed by the beginning of next season. I, I could see Boris waiting out uh, for that two hundred, at least a two hundred million dollar contract. And if he doesn't get it, hey, JD Martinez isn't going to start the season or training or uh, spring training with without a team. So um, you know, I, I think he's worth the money. I mean, 45 home runs, 104 RBIs between two teams last year. According to Baseball Reference, he's projected to hit 31 home runs, 81 RBIs. I don't know how they come up with these projections, but projected to hit hit 31 home runs next year with a 928 OPS. Um, And his OPS Plus, he hasn't had an OPS Plus uh, below 100 since 2013, so there's consistency there with his power. Um, I'm excited. I I think he'll get the money somewhere. Uh, I definitely think he's worth the money. Uh, but it, I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, it might it might take a while to develop later this offseason.
0: I think J.D. Martinez is a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's he's one of the better hitters in baseball, but I have to disagree. I really don't think he's going to get higher than $170 million. Uh, I think, honestly, 150 to $160 million is a more accurate number for a couple of reasons. One, he's 30 years old and trying to sign a seven-year deal, which I, I think he could do. I think he could sign a seven-year contract. Uh, I keep pulling Nats comparisons, but Jason Worth was the same age when he signed his seven-year deal for 170 million. I think that's a closer comp to what JD Martinez brings to the table. He's only played one full season his entire career: 158 games in 2015 when he won Silver Slugger. But since then, he's he's played 120 last year, 119 this past season, uh, 123 in 2014, 86 the year before that. So he really hasn't had consistency of health, that's been an issue for him. He's he's had to balance time on the disabled list, which for a player that's under the age of 30 is kind of concerning. Uh, His defense has also been horrid. Negative 22 defensive run saves in 2016, negative 5 last year. He's played exclusively right field since the start of 2015. So basically his defense is probably only going to get worse as his contract goes on. So I think he's going to have to limit himself to an American League team so that he can eventually shift over to DH. Uh, and his WAR was only two point six last year, which is kind of crazy to think about with his offensive production. That, but really shows you how bad his defense was. Because WAR takes in a lot of defense, which is a major flaw, I think, in the statistic itself is how much defense is weighed in WAR. Um, but still, I, I think that the teams looking at JD Martinez are going to be wary of how he's going to progress over the next few years. And obviously, you know, he's a great hitter and has shown consistency, like you said, OPS plus. 139 or more each of the past six seasons. I mean, that's just a ridiculous stat. But at the same time, he only played 113, 86, 123, 158, 120, 119 each season. So only one season that's a full year and one all-star appearance. He's probably going to make um, finish in the top 10 of MVP consideration this year. I wouldn't doubt it. That's going to be announced in the next few days. But that defense is a real big issue for me. And just his inability to stay on the field.
1: I think with these free agents, there's always a team that's willing to pay. He might not be worth the 200 million, but at the end of the day, someone's going to pay him. Uh, I mean, I, I just realized now looking at the stats: 45 home runs in 119 games. That's absurd. Um, if he played a full season, he might have he might have been up there with Giancarlo Stanton pace wise. So I think he's he's really in the in the prime of his career. Um, 30 years old. That's really when you see guys like hit their apex of their career. Um, I, I think someone will pay him. It'll be interesting to see who does. You put him in a small ballpark like Citizens Bank Park. I don't think the Phillies should sign him, but you put him in a small ballpark, ballpark, and he might hit. He might hit sixty home runs. Um, great power hitter. I know the defense is a little bit of a liability, and that's why they probably have. To, he probably has to look more in the American League. Maybe uh, kind. of Lengthen his career a little bit more than he would be in the National League playing the field, so uh, it, it'll be interesting. Um, but like you said, if if the money's not there, I don't I don't think Boris is gonna make him force him to or advise him to um, sign a deal for less than two hundred million. So we'll really see how long he wants to hold out uh, to see if he gets that money. But it, it could be a while. Um, we've seen this in the past with other players.
0: Yeah, I feel like any team that signs Martinez is really going to be. Paying for the first three years of whatever contract he gets, I think once he starts hitting 34, 35, there's going to be a steady decline, um, as is with a lot of power hitters. You know, you just lose strength as you get older. He he does hit for a good average. I mean, a 285 career hitter, so there's still going to be room for him to you know be a slap hitter and uh, reach base. But he, he he's not like a fast player. He only has 16 career stolen bases. Um, doesn't have great plate discipline, uh, has only gotten above 50 walks twice in his career. So he's going to have to definitely change his approach. And, and when you have a player that isn't already doing that, that's a little bit concerning because you don't know if they're going to be able to once they have to adjust to their body. So right now, J.D. Martinez is really fo- Performing based off his pure athletic ability, and as that declines, he's going to have to, you know, take like a Daniel Murphy approach and and figure out how to poke his through and uh, work counts better and things like that. And I'm just not sure if I I see JD Martinez becoming kind of that kind of player. Now he's he's a great he's a great offensive player. I think he's a very smart player, and he's certainly capable of it. But it's a tall order, especially when you're putting so much money on the line.
1: Yeah, and you know I I look at his OPS over the last three seasons, 879, 908, but then over 1,000 last year. I think players that have over 1,000 OPS deserve over $200 million. I know the consistency's not there. He had one season with an OPS over 1,000. That equates to 166 OPS plus. But those numbers definitely make him one of the best power hitters in baseball. Um, And you you pay guys like that, especially with how the league's heading nowadays. more home-run base than ever. I think J.D. Martinez deserves it. Um, but, you know, I I think teams, if they're going to give him $200 million, expect him to do this for three or four more years. And I, I don't know if he can do that. Um, we'll see. Yeah,
0: it, it'll be interesting to see if teams are even willing to shell out that kind of money with the free agency class that's coming up um, next offseason. There may be a team that, you know, looks at JD Martinez as a safer bet just to land somebody cuz you know next offseason there's no guarantee you even get any of those players they're going to go to the highest bidders and you might if with less teams maybe in the JD Martinez running there could be a team that kind of sneaks in and grabs him because they might not think they'll be able to get a player next offseason so that definitely comes into play but I don't know, it, it's going to be a storyline to watch and JD Martinez is a great hitter and I'm I'm very excited for him to get this this deal because he's has such a great story having been, you know, going from the Astros to the Tigers and uh basically it seems like every time he joins a new team he becomes an even better player. Yeah. So uh it'll be it'll be cool. I, I don't know um what his odds are um of being able to turn it around but or continue his success but It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Moving forward, um, we've got the Atlanta Braves facing severe penalties. A report from Ken Rosenthal out of the Athletic last night uh, said that there are going to be multiple uh, penalties for the Atlanta Braves after violating uh, rules for international market. Uh, They're going to be getting a fine hit with restrictions in that market. Uh, and in all likelihood lose prospects that they've already signed. Uh, basically, the Braves are accused of giving, entering oral agreements with players prior to when they're old enough to sign. They were paying them ahead of time and pa- paying for housing, things like that. Uh, both violate MLB rules. So the Braves are going to have to possibly lose prospects. Uh, they'll hit the fine. They're not going to be able to sign as many international players moving forward. Um, John Hart has already been uh, let go by the organization so they're making some shakeups in the front office there they might even have to lose one of their top prospects Kevin Mayton who was a top signee out of Venezuela uh, and he doesn't turn 18 until February so it's a big big hit for them especially what they're rebuilding you know they're counting on some of those prospects to help turn this franchise around Kevin do you think this is the right punishment for them
1: yeah, I, I mean anytime you you violate rules, I think you need to be punished. And uh Maiden's definitely a, a steep price to be paid. Uh top ten prospect. They signed him uh at the age sixteen for four point two five million dollars. Um and, and he's in the top one hundred prospects in major league baseball, so it, it's definitely tough for the Braves to lose, but at the end of the day, you you kinda need to keep an eye on what you're doing in house because with social media and how how things are going nowadays, you can't really hide much. Um, and, you know, they're going to get, they're obviously going to get punished for it. So, uh, I, it would suck to be a Braves fan, see you lose a top 10 prospect over this, but, you know, you, if you're going to commit a crime, you're going to get punished for it. Yeah, it's, I think it's a fair
0: deal, especially because Maiten is probably one of these prospects who was actually paid ahead of time. So they don't really deserve to have that player. Um, I'm wonder, I'm curious as to what MLB is going to do with him, uh, whether they,
1: you know, I say, thought I, I, I've read that they're going to put him back out free agency, and another team can sign him. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's got all the
0: answers. Uh, but I, I wanted to clarify: John Hart was the president of baseball operations. He's now been put into a role, of special advisor. He hasn't been fired. So I I just wanted to clarify that. Alex Anthopoulos, uh, who is the former general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, will be taking over as the GM for Atlanta now. So they
1: have a new face at the front of that front office. But I think it's also tough that they're losing their GM um, in, in the middle of a rebuild because he really got to know these players, the guys he was signing, the guys he was bringing in. And now you shift the focus to someone from the outside. It's kind of... You don't have the same culture
0: if you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. It's, I, I mean, they already have a plan, you know, and I think they're going to stick to it with their rebuilding process. They're already right in the middle of a rebuild. It's not like they're just getting started or anything, and Anthopoulos can, you know, change that. I think he's going to keep just riding the ship, make sure they play it clean. Uh, that's definitely going to be a big thing for him, is to making sure there aren't any more controversies now that he's at the helm. Um, I think Anthopoulos is a great GM. I'm, I, I really am a big fan of him, so I wouldn't be worried if I were Braves fans about the team moving forward. Obviously, losing Mayton is going to be big, and it's going to be tough to sign some international free agents, which could hurt down the line, but they already have a pretty stocked farm system. I think they're well on their way to being a good team. I'm, I'm actually, as a ads fan, a little um, worried about the Braves' long-term plan because I think they're going to be a good team uh, down the line. I think the Phillies and the Braves are going to turn things around and you know once Harper is either gone or extended there there's going to be a completely different landscape and then at least it's not going to come as easily as it has the past few years so especially
1: if the Phillies sign one of the players we'll talk about later <sighs> we'll, we'll see about that or trade for him not sign sorry that, that would
0: that's definitely going to shake some things up that move but yeah it this is a it's bad for baseball i think um when the cardinals had were accused of spying or stealing information from the Astros, and uh, now stuff like this, It's just a, gives baseball a bad rap. Uh, this is a very old game and one that's founded on, you know, it's called America's Pastime. It's supposed to be a gentleman's game. But uh, when stuff like this happens, it, it really kind of hurts that reputation. Because, I mean, baseball, it doesn't have the problems of, like, the NFL with domestic abuse um, and – it has a little bit cleaner wrap in terms of its players, which is good. but now if the organizations are messing up, we've got maybe an even more inherent problem. So while it's only two teams you know that this is going on with there could be more things going on in the wraps than we don't know about um, which the stuff like this only raises concerns. I'm glad that the league um, is you know taking advantage of this opportunity to lay down some stiff penalties. I think that they need to be firm about this and that this isn't allowed. Um, I wasn't. I don't think they handled the Yankees Red Sox spying um, situation very well. I think that they needed to be a little more stiff on that. Um, I, while I have no problem with stealing signs, I think that if you're using technology to gain an advantage, you need to be punished for it. And I mean, it was. I think it was just a fine that they ended up levying down on um, both, these, teams. both teams it's because there was TV stuff going on too with Yankees Yes Network. So. I don't know. It, it didn't. That didn't sit well with me. I actually am a big fan of Manfred. I think he he's done a good job as uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball. But overall, this was this is good for baseball to be able to do. I, I think that while it obviously it doesn't look good for them, um, they're dealing with it well as opposed to how the NFL has handled basically every bad situation it's come across. Roger Goodell. I can't believe the NFL is trying to extend him, but that's a whole other story. I think Manfred. Is doing the right thing here, and the Braves are going to get what they deserve.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Moving on, though, it's the biggest topic everybody who knows anything about baseball is talking about, and that's Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, He has, you know, obviously one of the greatest power hitters of our current generation. The Marlins are trying to shed payroll with Derek Jeter, now taking over in that front office. So, I mean, every team and their mother is coming calling for him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved. Uh, midway through the offseason. Marlins still could hold on to him to, uh, either way. It kind of depends. Uh, There's a report that just came out that Jeter said, you know, they're not hell-bent on trading him or anything. They're certainly weighing options, but they want to shed payroll, and it's not like they're going to be able to get anything for wei and Chen and his massive deal with how bad he's been, so they're kind of stuck with that money. So Stanton seems like the more logical player to go, especially if the Marlins are going to tear down. I mean, you know, be, having to be handicapped with this payroll, excuse me, over the next few years while trying to do a rebuild, it's kind of wasting Stanton's years. Um, and almost guarantees that he'll take an opt out when he gets it. So might as well take that value now and help boost your rebuild because Stanton's going to bring back an enormous amount of prospects, even if they won't, uh, pay for any of his contract. So Kevin, where do you think his biggest landing spot is? Does he stay in Miami or does he go somewhere else?
1: I think he ultimately ends up staying there for at least this season. Um, I think that's just how it's going to work out. But the two teams I see as as big contenders for them um, and, and the best fits, honestly, well, first the Yankees. Um, they have the money, they have the prospects, and think about Stanton, Aaron Judge, and Gary Sanchez in the same lineup. That might possibly be, and Greg Bird. That might possibly be the most powerful lineup Major League Baseball has ever seen. That would be 150 home runs about between those three guys in one lineup, that's that's insane. Um, I think he'd be a great fit. And then, you know, that begs the question, If w- would they even go after him with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado hitting free agency? Probably not. That's the one reason. Maybe save that money for those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but just thinking about, you basically tw- you would have twins, standing and Judge, in the same lineup, hitting back-to-back. It'd be insane. Um, another fit would be with my Philadelphia Phillies, Uh, Pre-arbitration, they only have $6.35 million in salary committed for next season. That's insane. That's probably my stat of the day right there. Um, So, you know, you put him in a box, Citizens Bank Park, and I think he can hit 65 home runs. So I I think he'd be a great fit there. Um, The problems that bring up – they have the same problems um, that the Yankees do where, you know, they might be saving this – Uh, money for when Machado and Harper hit free agency. Um, But think about Stanton and Reese Hoskins in the same lineup. That would be insane. Uh, Definitely filling up Citizens Bank Park once again with fans. So uh, those two teams really, for me, are uh, great fits for them. I agree with you on the Yankees. I think that
0: there's, you know, it almost reminds me of, you know, Jeter was the big face of New York, and then they go out and trade for A-Rod to really stack that infield and make the lineup what it really became. And this kind of reminds me of it. uh, The Yankees have a ton of payroll. They're trying to dip under that luxury tax line, um, which they actually did this past year uh, for the first time in whatever amount of years it was. So if they add Stanton, that would probably push it back over his average annual value is through the roof. So they'll, they'll probably need to shed some payroll in general. Um, Jacoby Ellsbury maybe could get traded, um, but there, there's a lot of potential for that lineup. I know, like Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Hicks, and Brett Gardner are already three great outfielders. But you know, you make one of them a DH, and you throw Stanton in there in right field, or even in left. I don't even know if they would move Judge over to left or move Stanton, but um, that that's two insane corner outfielders that's, on your team. That's a good problem. There. Yeah, I I would take that problem any day of the week. Um, so it, it's definitely interesting as for the Phillies, I think it's tough. Uh, they already have a good outfield trio of Nick Williams, Aaron out there and Odupo Herrera. So, you know, you, you probably kind of want to see where they want to go. They're also in the same division as the Marlins and Stanton has a full opt out, uh, a full, um, trade clause. No trade clause, so he can approve he has to approve anywhere he goes. And he said specifically he doesn't want to go to any rebuilding clubs. So the Phillies would have to convince Stanton that they're ready to compete.
1: He also said he didn't want to go to the Cardinals or the Red Sox.
0: So <laughs> we'll see. I mean cuts off two more names right there. I think the Cardinals would be a good fit for him, but he obviously doesn't think so.
1: Um another fit for definitely a good fit would be the Dodgers. Um yep. they're not afraid to spend money. They have the prospects there. And, you know, they can probably flip uh, Yasiel Puig and some prospects for Giancarlo Stanton. And Puig gets to go back to Miami. Kind of a a great trade back uh, both ways. So, uh, I can see the Dodgers making a move for him, too. The biggest rumors I'm hearing is uh,
0: San Francisco Giants, uh, who have really lacked a power hitter aside from Buster Posey over the past few years. They, since you know, making that, those runs at their World Series. It's kind of been up and down seasons for them. They made the playoffs last year, uh, or in 2016, but it was after a great first half and then a historically bad second half. They barely made it in as a wild card team uh, and lost to the Cubs in the NLDS um, because their bullpen was so bad. But, well, they also um,
1: didn't have one player in their lineup last year with 20 home runs, so mm-hmm. they really needed a guy like Stanton.
0: Stanton life. could really be, you know, that centerpiece of their lineup. Um, Hunter Pence is declining. Uh, Denard's band's getting older. Their their outfield is just really kind of looking for somebody to step in. Angel Pecans no longer on the team. We're kind of having a new look um, San Francisco, but at the same time, I really feel like pitching needs to be an emphasis there too. Yes, they didn't have anyone with 20 home runs, but I think if they sign somebody for agency, JD Martinez is a potential fit there, um, and then maybe trade their assets for some pitchers. I really think the Giants are trying to comp- contend. I mean, they have a solid top three with Bumgarner, uh, Smarja and Cueto. Cueto decided not to take his opt out, so he's going to be with them for the foreseeable future. Uh, Samarja, while his peripherals weren't great, he actually was a pretty effective pitcher last year who just got unlucky. So they're definitely expecting, and we him. all know, Madison Bumgarner. So Matt Kane retired. Um, Chris Heston isn't bad. I, I think that they, if they can get another solid top tier starter, they could actually really be a good team. I um, think they were.
1: They were the best of the bad teams this year. Like Absolutely. They, they were by far, they were a team that you, you kind of just kept waiting for them to turn it around. They never did, but um, injuries
0: came into play for sure. Madison
1: garner injury definitely hurt. I think Bre- uh, Brandon
0: Crawford, um, Brandon Belt, um, having a bit of a down years for them uh, also hurt their chances. So I think Belt, Crawford, Posey and a power hitter really brings this lineup together. Stanton, obviously a big fit. Um, but I do think that priority needs to be pitching. Their their pitching staff uh, and their bullpen really weren't that great, um, just because of some down years. Cool. But if everybody bounces back the way they're expecting, this will be a good team. Maybe not able to compete with the Dodgers for that um,
1: top spot in the NL West, but certainly for a wild card spot. They also have one of the best managers in baseball. They're not really talking about Bruce Bochy. Knows how to win the playoffs. So you know, you just get those guys. Um, you get them the right guys, and he'll he'll coach them up. Absolutely. The, you,
0: you do mention that he just said he didn't want to go to the Cardinals, but I want to talk about them a little bit. Um, I think they're a great fit um, in terms of just the two teams making a trade. Cards need a big bat. They're they're kind of the same way as the, as the Giants are and that they didn't really have that premier power hitter uh, this past year. They also have affordable depth in their farm system. They're a good team with a de- with, uh, deep farm system, which I say good team even though they haven't made the playoffs over the past two years, but... Uh, they've hung in there uh, in that wild-card race both years. They're seemingly a step or two away from the playoffs, so obviously trading for Stanton would be a huge boost for them. Um, uh, and they've already mentioned that they're willing to part ways with top-pitching prospects, um, some names like Alex Reyes, He's coming off Tommy John surgery, uh, Jack not Flaherty. I would part ways with Alex Reyes. I love that guy. He's so good. I mean, the, the injury is definitely concerning, but, yeah. yes, uh, I agree. He's, he's their number-one prospect. Be tough to part ways with him. Jack Flaherty is another name. He's their number three prospect, number forty-seven on MLB.com, and Dakota Hudson, who's their number eight. Um, the the, car, the Marlins are looking for hitter or pitchers. They already have a great lineup. Um, doesn't look like they want to trade guys like JT Real Muto, Justin Boer, um, who still have a lot of years of control left. Um, they are looking into trading Yelich and Ozuna, but I think if they keep one of them, uh, maybe an extend them, and then have Real Muto and Bohr as a core of their lineup. They're really going to be okay moving forward um, if they can trade for some young pitching because that's really their biggest hole. After losing Jose Fernandez, they had nobody in that rotation and it really showed. So I don't know. I think that the Cardinals um, would be a good fit for them. They don't have a really super high payroll, they haven't ever gone higher than $150 million. and they're already up to 116 for next year. Uh, but I think Stanton would be a good fit for the Cardinals, even if uh, even with Stanton saying that he doesn't want to go there. Um, I mean, it's a good organization, and they definitely have the prospects to make a deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: But I could see them also looking at Ozuna and Yelich as well, um, if Stanton isn't interested in going. Um, Ozuna and Yelich both had great seasons. All three were silver slugger caliber hitters. Uh, probably the best outfield in baseball this past year. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see just how Jeter handles this entire situation overall. I mean, there's a lot of times players will step into, um, you know, roles like this. John Elway comes to mind, and while they might be smart people, they just don't know how to run an organization, as we've seen with Elway. Um, Peyton Manning basically saved that organization, uh, the Broncos, uh, gave them that uh, Super Bowl and then they've kind of tailed off since then and run it into the ground with just how bad they've been this year. But uh, I'm hoping Jeter isn't that like that. I think Jeter, he's a smart baseball mind. Everyone says, you know, like we expect big things out of him. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what he does and what the future of the Marlins is like.
1: Yep, definitely. I mean, it's, it's very interesting because they got a stacked roster as is. Um, I think there's just – The lack of depth on that roster, Um, they definitely have some great players. But it'll be very interesting to see what Jeter does. Um, The Jose Fernandez thing was tragic, and I think it really set them back a lot, um, not having their ace out there. Uh, I mean, you think about Ozuna, Yelich, Stanton, and Fernandez. That's that's quite the um, stronghold of the organization. But, you know, the Jose Fernandez Fernandez, uh, incident was very tragic and set them back. So now they have to look in a different direction. Um, and I think they're, yeah, like you said, I think they're going to trade one of those outfielders, but we'll see.
0: We'll see what happens. Maybe even two uh or three. We'll see. I think they, I think they keep at least one, but we'll see what happens. Moving on, uh, another big storyline that keeps, it seemingly has a new update every week is Shohai Otani, uh, the big player from the Japanese um, Nippon Professional Baseball League. Uh, Both a hitter and a pitcher. We've talked about them before on the podcast. There was a big agreement um, between Major League Baseball and the MPB um, on a new uh, tentative agreement for a $20 million posting system. Their previous uh, system had expired, but they granted a one-year extension to basically make way for Otani to come to Major League Baseball. But then the players union rejected it. And now, it's kind of up in the air as to whether he'll be able to come. Um, They're at a standstill right now between the union. It's a a three-way deal between until Monday. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But uh, basically, Otani—he's 23 years old, which means he's two years uh, too young to come here as a free agent and get whatever kind of deal he wants. He has to uh, conform to international signing bonus rules, which means he can only make between 300000 and $3.53 million. So that's basically, it's a very interesting uh, and unprecedented move for him to come this early. Uh, usually players will, like, like Tanaka um, and Jose Abreu, wait until they're old enough to sign for whatever they can, and then will sign those huge deals. Otani, though, really wants to play in Major League Baseball, and this is going to present an interesting conundrum for teams because they basically, money's not really going to be a factor, which is, is not something we're used to hearing. It's all going to be about, you know, how can we sell the team to you? How can we, you know, in, make you believe in what we want to do and think that we're going to be a winning team and he can play a big part of it? Because he, he's made it clear. He wants to pitch and hit, uh, which what he does uh, for the MPB uh, is he pitches – Basically, if you sign Otani, you're agreeing to have a six-man rotation because he doesn't—he's not going to pitch every five days. He pitches about once a week uh, and starts two to three games as a hitter in between there. So he's not going to play—he's uh, not going to play 150 games. He's going to p- play probably about half of that, uh, about 60 to 80 games in a season as a hitter, and then make about 20-ish starts. Um, he had 20 starts in 2016, 186 ERA, 11.2 K per nine last year. He hit three thirty two with eight home runs, 65 games. So that's about what we can expect out of him. Um, so with him, before what a big thing was, was teams were basically saying to players that were coming over, you're going to pick one or the other because this is how the game is played. But now with the league kind of adjusting to where things are going and into saying, you know, maybe six man rotations of the future of baseball with how much pitchers are wearing down. This could be a gateway into that. And Otani holds all the leverage being able to um, say, you know, I'm going to go to whatever team wants me, will let me do what I want to do because, you know, money isn't a factor. So that being said, Kevin, who do you think, where do you think he goes? I, if, he,
1: if he can go uh, to Major League Baseball. There's two teams I my mind. Uh, the first is the Yankees. Uh, they opened up $8 million in their international uh, signing pool. So that's a good fit. I also think. Uh, it it might be helpful for him to go somewhere where there's also Asian pitchers on staff. I think it's uh easier for those guys, especially if they don't have to, um, you know, use a translator with every single player they talk to. Um, I think you know, especially with the Yankees, uh, someone like Tanaka or something, they could uh, form a little bit better. Um, and he he can adjust because it's, it's a huge adjustment to come over from Japan. So, uh, where is it? Not Japan. Um, yes, Japan. It is Japan. So, lippin mean, hand fighters was the team you played for. So, so you know, coming over from Japan is a tough adjustment. I think the Yankees, another one uh, that came to mind, was the Dodgers. Um, simply off the fact that they have Kenta Maeda and they have signing pool money, um, and you know they're they're never afraid to go after these international prospects. They're huge into that. So, I think the Dodgers and the Yankees are my two teams. Red Sox also have a lot of uh, flexibility
0: in their free agent uh, international signing pool. They have Seong Oh as their closer. Um, so that's also, or sorry, that's the Cardinals. But the Cardinals also um, are interesting. But I, I do, I think that that comes into play, you know, is that, that winning culture. Um, and while, yes, I agree with you that having Asian players on the team, Japanese players, would go very far for him um, in terms of, you know, convincing him. Uh, to come to a team. I don't think it's going to be exclusively it. A team like the Astros, who just won the World Series, have a lot of young talent. I think that's something that they can sell to them and just say, like, hey, like, I mean, the Astros definitely have a need. Um, They have Justin Verlander and Dallas Keuchel locked up. McCullers are hoping they can get another year out of him. They have another year of Charlie Morton. Um, But is Charlie Morton really the guy that you want starting Game 4 of the World Series? I mean, probably not. So... If, if they can make an offer to Otani and bring him in, that's going to be huge. Um, as far as finding a hole in the offense, there's Josh Reddick wasn't exactly great. Um, they can slide him in there. They have the DH spot. There's some flexibility with what they want to do um, that way, although they do have Evan Gaddis and um, Brian McCann kind of switching off at DH. But overall, this is they're, they're, I feel like he could go to almost any team in baseball, even some of these rebuilding clubs. That are kind of on the brink. He's
1: 23 years old. Yeah. No matter what, you get a young player.
0: And you know he's only going to sign a two-year deal. Mm -hmm. Because once he hits 25, he'll be able to sign whatever he wants. Um, So he's probably not going to be in long-term. Maybe he has opt-outs in a long-term deal. I don't know. Um, But I have a feeling he's going to try and hit free agency at a prime time. He's not going to be hitting free agency next offseason when everybody else is. Uh, all, all these big name players. He's really so he's not gonna have to compete with them.
1: The next season after that, if he decides to wait till he's twenty five.
0: Exactly. So there's a lot of potential for him to make. You know, the money. The players' union is balking at this deal because the the team that signs him will have to pay twenty million dollars to the Nippon Ham Fighters, and the players' union is saying like that's just not fair. Like Otani, you know, you should be making more money. They're basically. Um, John Heyman of FanRack Sports basically suggests that they're trying to, you know, push, discourage him from coming over now and say like, you know, just wait, like wait two years and then you'll make the money. Um, which if, you know, if he really wants to play, I don't really see a reason in doing that. Um, I'm honestly not a huge fan of the MLB Players Union. They overstep their bounds sometimes. So we'll see what they do. Um, but overall. I'm excited for Otani to come over. It's kind of an unprecedented thing. Hunter Green's not going to be staying as a pitcher hitter. He's going to focus solely on pitching. So um, which he should. He should throws hundred. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to be a great player. And you know who knows maybe he turns out to win silver sluggers as a pitcher, uh, which they mm-hmm. do they award that. He plays in the National League, so he'll be able to hit. Um, but as far as Otani goes, it's it's a very unique situation, one that we haven't seen in a while, and it's going to be. Um, I think it's good for baseball because if he does come over, you know, that brings a lot of, a lot of people, people in Japan will be paying attention to see how he does because he's, he's the MVP there. He's the greatest player in the league. And, you know, when he goes over to the States, that's just going to push more attention toward whatever team signs him. And I mean, Major League Baseball is trying to reach more audiences. Um, they're obviously America's their big market, but they're, they're especially in Asian cultures and Latin American cultures are really trying to push major league baseball as like the sport and to get more excitement there. And this could go a long way to getting that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, it, I mean, if I were him at the end of the day, I'd wait two years. It's just a, the better business move. But if he really wants to come over and play in America, so be it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you wait two years, you get hurt and you lose money. I think that he wants to go ahead and get acclimated to the major league baseball. Now, um, you know, there's, it's definitely going to be a learning curve I mean, for him.
1: He's, he's going to get paid regardless. Yeah, he he'll, comes he'll, over and just I stay. mean, he's
0: already making three million dollars a year. It's not like that's yeah. chump change. He, yeah. He's going to be making decent money. He'll be living comfortably in the U.S. They'll uh, probably offer a lot of incentives for signing the contract, saying like, you know, we'll we'll make sure you get the the best suite at the hotel. Um, you'll get extra food, accommodation, stuff like that. They're allowed to do things like that. Um, which is actually a lot of people don't realize it's included in a lot of a lot of big name contracts. You know, like you'll get the presidential suite at every away hotel. Um, I know Max Scherzer has something like that. Um, a lot of a lot of big name players actually have things like that in their contracts. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of incentives they offer and um, just overall what comes out about these teams' pitches, uh, just about their organizations, because there's a lot of places you could go. Mm-hmm. Well. That is going to close us up for today um, on our final um, episode with us on the visitor's bullpen. Uh, It's been quite a ride. Thank you all for joining us since the beginning. Um, We've really enjoyed it, really enjoyed uh, coming on here every week to take a a reprieve from everyday life and just talk baseball for 30, 45 minutes. So we've had a lot of fun. Don't worry. You will be hearing from us again down the line. We'll be talking baseball. We'll be talking football. We'll be talking basketball. Um, but for now, thank you all for joining us and have a good one. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, pure sports net and, uh, pure sports MLB at visitors bullpen. All that good stuff will be coming at you from different locations in the next coming months.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. I appreciate all the listeners out there.
0: Have a good one.